0: Hello and welcome to Filled with His Love. One of my favorite accounts of missionary work occurs in the 10th chapter of Acts. In this chapter, an angel appears to Cornelius, a Gentile centurion, and told him to go to Joppa where Peter was staying and asked that he visit Cornelius, that Peter come and see him at his home. So he sent his servants to Joppa to get Peter. Now, you need to remember that prior to this moment, the apostles were preaching the gospel only to the Jews. But the Lord showed Peter in a dream that he should not call anyone else unclean, that everyone, Jew and Gentile, is a child of God, that God is no respecter of persons. I see this as the Lord's first teaching of the doctrine of belonging, as Elder Christofferson calls it. If this doctrine had not become an integral part of Christ's church, the current gathering would never have happened missionary work as we know it would not exist it is a core doctrine that everyone belongs in Christ's church both anciently in the early church and today in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints so elder christopherson said, a sense of belonging is important to our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. There's a lot in that statement, because we have documented in previous episodes, we've talked about how important belonging is and attachment is to our physical and mental health, and now he's talking about our spiritual well-being, too. He goes on, yet it is quite possible that at times each of us might feel that we don't fit in. Now, when he said that, I thought, in the book, The Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown, which I recommend, explains the difference between belonging and fitting in. She gathered statements from eighth graders about the difference between those two terms. For them to fit in with a group, you had to kind of change something, maybe what you wore or what you said, your language, something about yourself you had to change to feel like you fit in. You were kind of modifying yourself like a puzzle piece to fit into this puzzle, this group. But belonging, they said, in belonging, you can just totally be yourself. You're totally accepted for who you are. You don't have to change anything to to, like what you do when you have to fit in. So fitting in is nice, but belonging is much better. A deeper feeling of being accepted and valued for who you are, that's belonging. Peter definitely accepted Cornelius for who he was. He did not expect Cornelius to follow Jewish traditions so that he would fit in to the Jewish culture. This is such an important point, I think. Elder Christofferson continues, In discouraging moments, we may feel that we will never measure up to, to the Lord's high standards or the expectations of others. We may unwittingly impose expectations on others, or even ourselves, that are not the Lord's expectations. We may communicate in subtle ways that the worth of a soul is based on certain achievements or callings, but these are not the measure of our standing in the Lord's eyes. The Lord looketh on the heart. He cares about our desires and longings and what we are becoming. Now we've talked before about the importance of our attachment to God. He is always ready to show love to us. All we need to do is draw close to Him. Peter drew close to Him as he learned that all of God's children need to hear the gospel message. Everyone can become firmly attached to God, not only one race, but all kindreds, tongues, and people. So, now this is a little bit of a turn here. But, so what is the opposite of belonging? It's loneliness, And we've talked about this before. In its most destructive form, loneliness can cause people to lash out at society. As painful as it is to think about, consider all of the school shootings we've witnessed over the past several years. The shooters, from one point of view, typically suffered from severe attachment disorder. They neither felt that they fit in with their peer group nor that they felt a sense of belonging. Rather than belonging, they felt rejected by their peers. A recent study by Kowalski, K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I, Kowalski and her colleagues found some commonalities across all kinds of shooters who were more likely, this is a quote, to have mental health issues, problems with rejection, and a fascination with guns or violence. But K-12 shooters were more likely than adults to have had a long-term history of rejection or we could say attachment disorder, often as victims of chronic bullying or parental neglect. Adult shooters, by contrast, were more likely to have had a sudden intense rejection, such as losing a job or spouse before the shooting. Very interesting, because these adults that don't have this history of long-term attachment problems experience such an intense rejection by someone that they had to lash out. So this is the opposite, the total opposite of belonging, this feeling of rejection, of not being valued, of not being wanted in a group. So young shooters felt long-term parental or peer group social rejection and adult shooters felt sudden, intense rejection. So both young and old shooters suffered from what I would say is severe attachment problems. Listen to these words from an article entitled, Kids Who Kill, Attachment Disorder and Violence, by Terry Levy, L-E-V-Y. Quote, children with a history of severe attachment disorder often develop aggressive, controlling, and conduct-disordered behaviors, which contributes to the development of an antisocial personality. As early as the latency years and preadolescence, these children exhibit a lack of conscience self-gratification at the expense of others, lack of responsibility, dishonesty, and a blatant disregard for the rules of family and society. Pretty strong statement, but this is by a researcher who spent time looking at attachment disorder and its relationship to violence. He goes on to say that those with attachment disorder are three times more likely to commit violent crime. Healthy attachment to God and to others is the supreme antidote to violence. Healthy attachment is at the center of the doctrine of belonging. Now, consider these words from Paul's first epistle to Corinthians, which Elder Christopherson quotes as well. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the Ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Which means we're all different, we're all unique, but we are all essential in the body of Christ. So I hadn't thought exactly about like this before, but think about attachment and parts of the body. Each part is connected to other parts by connective tissue. That old spiritual song, Dem Bones, came to my mind, you know, Dem Bones, Dem Bones, Dem, dry bones. The hip bone's connected to the backbone. the back bone's connected to the neck bone, the neck bone's connected to the head bone. Now hear the word of the Lord. You've probably heard this before sometime, and, but it visually, auditorially, and with great imagery, shows us how every body part is connected to another and every body part is essential. I won't quote all the verses, you get the idea, but this song is a depiction of Paul's epistle, and it makes clear how integral and necessary each body part is to the functioning of the whole body. That's why Elder Christopherson says, quote, We need each other. So in this gathering where we are gathering people from all over the world. I have four grandchildren, one in California, one in Michigan and Ohio, one in Sweden, and one in Vietnam. They're all over the world gathering people who have not before committed their souls to the Savior. So we need to feel as attached to one another as our bones are attached to each other. We need to recognize and value each person as a unique child of God, someone we need to be fully alive. It is like when the scriptures say, for if you have not charity, you are nothing. We need each other as much as we need water and food, and everyone needs to feel that indispensable, that needed, and that loved. Let me just say that again, because I feel so strongly about it. You know, it's, it's so if we do not value each other the way we should and feel closely attached, with a healthy attachment, a healthy relationship, we cannot be fully alive in mortality. For if ye have not charity, ye are nothing. We need each other as much as we need water and food. And everyone needs to feel that indispensable, that needed, and that loved. So belonging is not a side issue in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. It is at the heart of our beliefs. Christ atoned for our sins so that we would not experience spiritual death and be separated or detached from Him. Belonging is an outgrowth of the Savior's atonement. The more we draw on the power of his atonement, the greater sense of belonging we will feel. And the more we feel that we belong, the more we will reach out to others, as Peter did to Cornelius, or as our grandchildren are doing all over the world, and welcome everyone into the body of Christ. I hope this is helpful, and we will see you next time.